What's up, everybody? Jason with Founders BR. Excited to share with you today's episode as we sit down with Carrie over at CFO Consulting. He is doing some really great stuff and shared some really fantastic insights. If you are a business owner thinking about opening a business, have started a business, or just in business, or like business, anything business related, Carrie has a ton of insights that has truly been fantastic to share, whether it's talking about being strategic on how you look at data to make decisions. What you should be anticipating is coming off of a crazy year we had and looking forward in the remainder of 2021. He has a ton of insights, works with a ton of businesses and doing great things in his business as well. So uh, without further ado, check it out. Well, I am excited, Carrie. I know we've had a little conversation already, but uh, really excited to have you here and to share your story and hear more about what you're doing. You've got a, a you know fantastic background and history here in Louisiana and the work that you're doing with so many businesses. I am just very thankful that you took some time out here to meet with us. So I'll, I'll pause here, maybe give an opportunity if you can give us a quick introduction on who you are, what you do, and, and uh, we can go from there. Yeah, uh, of, of course. Thank you, uh, Jason. I'm honored uh, that you had me on your show. Uh, accounting background, went to UL of Lafayette, was USL back then, uh, moved to Texas for a few years, got my CPA there, uh, moved back to Louisiana, was hired by a client uh, when I was Arthur Anderson. And then from there, uh, came to Baton Rouge, uh, worked with a securities firm, and uh, eventually back in the late 80s, kind of went out on my own and was hired by a few clients along the way. You know, that I was working with as CFO consultant, got hired by him for a time. And uh, the last, what, since uh, 2015, I'm really back out doing the CFO consulting on my own again. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. But, you know, I guess if you want to know where, like what, what got me into CFO consulting is because in my, in the beginning of my career, I was doing the typical or the, what would you call the classical or the, the traditional wisdom of what the accounting, CPA, whatever function does, my experience is that it doesn't serve business owners very well. It's generally reporting on what's already happened. It's generally looking looking at the past. This is what you did. And generally not in a very, you know, this is what you did. And it's generally not presented in a very constructive way that it's not actionable financial information. This is the revenue you had. This is the money you made. This is what your balance sheet looks like. This is taxes that you owe, whatever, but not what can you do to be proactive going into the future? How can you design your future rather than being at the drift, uh, being at the effect of the drift of being in business, competition, the economy, government regulations, taxes, all that's going to push you in a certain way. And if you don't actively design your future, you'll end up wherever that pushes you. So the CFO consulting bit, uh, yeah, I guess passion, whatever, um, came from wanting to be able to help business owners look at the future rather than just his report on the past. I mean, the report on the past is important, but it's it stops short of allowing business owners to take action to design their business, to make adjustments, to make things flow better for their for their own benefit, for the business benefit, for the employees benefit. I love that. So you know, I, when you say that, I, I imagine it like driving a car. Like it's like. Most accounting, when you principles or a way it's been done in the past, is like driving a car using only the rearview mirror. <laughs> yeah, to some extent. Forward, and, and, and instead of how can you be more forward thinking? So maybe let's dive into that a bit. Why do you think that 
that is why are so many businesses using that method and they're not using a more forward like what's what's holding it back from getting that approach why do you think that is do i know why exactly no i mean i could look at that's a tradition you know why do why do mm-hmm. we it's kind of like the old what was it not almost called a joke but it's the old example of guy and a, you know guy and a woman get married and every sunday she makes him a roast she cuts it in half before she puts it in the oven yeah. After a while, he doesn't get why she's cutting it in half. And finally, the mother-in-law visits like six, nine months into their marriage. And he asks the mother-in-law, he said, you know, she makes a great roast and everything else. And she says she cuts it in half because that's the way you showed her how to do it. He goes, what's this? Is there something with the recipe? She goes, no, I cut it in half because the oven is too small to fit it all in, in one piece. That's so amazing. the daughter was just following the tradition of that's why her mother showed her without knowing why. And again, I think that's a lot of what a lot of businesses do is like because that's where we've always done it same thing with accounting because that's where we've always done it that's been the traditional role of accounting is to this is what happened here's a score this is what you did what do i do about the future well, i don't know you know how to make more money sell more raise prices <laughs> cut people i mean stuff that doesn't necessarily translate like you need to right. ask questions uh, what's the what's the thing is uh, thinking only happens in questions mm. otherwise you're just having thoughts I love that. Uh, I'm, I'm literally writing that down. Thinking only happens in questions. I love that. Yeah. Um, if you if you already know, you're not going to see what you don't know. Right. Whatever perspective you take, you're blinded to other perspectives. Mm. I love that. Yeah. I, and I, that that example is fantastic because I'm thinking of the same thing. So when I grew growing up, my I was always told by my dad. You turn any time before you turn the car off, turn off the AC. They just don't don't ever don't ever turn the car off with the AC running. So I've always done that right. my whole life. And then one day, you know, my wife, she you know, I always, oh, wait, we don't turn off the car yet. I'd turn the AC off, turn off the car. She said, what? Why did you do that? I said, oh, you can't can't turn off the car. But I, and then it was like, what's the significance? And I was like, I don't know. You're, I've always done it my whole life. <laughs> and it's kind of like. I know of the, ask the question, the significance, of, and it was my dad it was, oh, well, back in the day, I drove an old Oldsmobile, like, and the car, just that, his one specific car would would, would die if you didn't do that. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so I uh, had nothing to do with the car or why, you know, to that technology today, cars won't die if you turn the car off with AC on. Nope. <laughs> nope. I love that, uh, you know, what's the significance is only, only um, thinking only happens in questions. I love that. I want to I want to backtrack and ask you this here. So, you know, I, I was looking at it 2015, you know, you start CFO consulting. You obviously you've, you've been on your own as well in the past. Work for a lot of industry companies from, you know, in, industrial fabrics, Savard, Brown. You know, what was it that that kind of made you make that transition in 2015 to say, hey, I want to I want to start more consulting as opposed to maybe serving as that direct CFO role? What was the what was the impetus for that? Um, well, I, I think. What happens eventually if if you here's a, here's a, something I've discovered as a consultant versus employee. As yeah. a consultant, they want to know what you have to say. As an employee, you're a payroll liability. <laughs> you know, it's mm. more like go do your work. If right. you're a consultant, they're paying you for your opinion. And mm. I, and I miss that, and I miss the variety of a lot of different clients. Um, so yeah, so I'm, I'm I've been doing that for the last what six years now. Yeah, and uh, I can't see me ever going back to being a, an employee, W two yeah. employee. 
Yeah, I love that. What do you have to say? What would you say? What's one of the things that gives you the most joy in, in what you do currently? Just being able to show business owners a different way to do things that produces big results. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, simple stuff like in, installing a cash management system. And you mm-hmm. know, cash management has always been a big problem. They're always chasing, you know, chasing everything, getting blindsided by uh, cash emergencies. You know, you have a big whatever payment, taxes, insurance, banknote, whatever, come up. And because you, you're not looking for what's coming or you don't have a system that has you look at what's coming, you get blindsided a lot. And then it becomes the owner's problem. Typically, it's like, hey, we're whatever, short, we have to make this payment. And the, the owner has to spend half a day to a day addressing the problem to fix it. And what what do owners do best? Well, how are they most valuable to their business? They all got in business because they were good at something called generating business. They were good at sales. They were good at relationships, manufacturing, construction, whatever it is. They're good at that. That's why they should spend most of their time as well as strategically planning for their business. If they've got to spend all their time or a significant amount of their time fooling with accounting, taxes, cash flow, that kind of stuff, they don't like that stuff anyway. And they're not trained in it. You know, it'd be like putting me in a machine shop. I don't know anything about a machine shop. I'd be dangerous. So if you have if you have owners, but it falls to them because they're the owner, they have to come in and address tax issues, accounting issues, cash flow issues, whatever. And they most of them, in my experience, most of them take a beating than, than have to deal with that stuff. But they get drug into it time and time again. And it's generally because they don't have systems that will address all of that to where they're, they don't have to really get, they don't have to get involved with it. If you have the proper systems, all that stuff gets handled. Mm. And, and what they don't have, and they don't know to have a, a good systems in place, good procedures, or let me say it th- differently. Most businesses are people dependent or people driven rather than systems driven or systems dependent. Mm. You know, why can why can you have some high school kids run a McDonald's or a Burger King or whatever, and it runs like clock, clockwork? Because they have a system, everybody's educated on the system. Same thing with flight deck of an aircraft carrier. You got 18, 19, 20-year-olds out there launching and, and landing jets, you know, on a on a ship that is not only rolling and pitching with the sea, uh, and they, they launch those things like clockwork and it's all coordinated. Everybody knows their job, everybody knows what everybody else's job is, how they're all affected. They have a system, they have a documented system, and they train, 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 just like McDonald's, just like but just like any of these franchises that have systems. Most businesses don't have systems. Or they might start out with a system or like an understanding. And as the business grows, they outgrow the system they had instituted. And so they're, they're dysfunctional in a lot of ways. They don't have a cash flow system. They don't have a reporting system. They only get surprised a lot. I mean, I know some owners, they hate to go come to work because, they, they, you know, what happens? Hand grenade is going to get dropped in my lap today that I'm going to have to handle. That's not in my uh, not in my repertoire that I'm not trained for. Mm. I love that so much. People dependent versus system dependent because I think it's so relevant. I'm just thinking of the conversations I've had these and, and organizations even in the past on how it is so people dependent. Even even the intellectual capital resides in specific individuals to where if that individual left. So does the intellectual capital within the organizations. Exactly. And, and so now, it, yeah, continue. Sorry. No, no, I'm just saying exactly that. That's what happens. And, and if, life, if life has taught me anything is that people leave 
all the time. Right. You know, right. voluntarily, involuntarily, whatever people leave. And if they have like the black box of the information, they're the only one who can do it. And they leave or they're out sick or they take an extended vacation. You're, the business owner is left scrambling. Right. That department falls apart. Nobody knows everything. It looks like, you know, it's a keystone cops. Yeah. So if you have a system, a documented systems for everything, and everybody's educated on the system, and it's not just not just an operations manual that sits on a shelf and nobody knows what's in there, but one that's well documented and people are educated in it, it gets reviewed, it gets updated. Uh, then it's then you you know you don't get you don't get hamstrung if, if some key person they go dogs if some key person is out or leaves or dies yeah. or whatever retires. Your business is not how uh, hamstrung because of it. Right. I love that. I want to dive deeper into that and ask you something just because you got my you got me thinking now. Mm-hmm. You know, from your perspective, you, you're talking with a lot of business owners and you mentioned earlier about thinking it's about asking the right questions. And I feel like I'll give an example. I feel like it's sometimes much easier from somebody on the outside to see what's happening. Than, than you because I'm swirling. Like, let's say if I'm a business owner, I'm, I'm in it. I don't even, it's hard for me even to see what are the questions that a business owner should be asking to even identify, is that me? Because I feel like sometimes, you know, I, you and I might walk and go, oh, that's, yeah, that's a problem. What are the questions that they maybe can ask themselves or should be asking as a business owner to identify Maybe is change required here, or maybe this is some things that I'm caught up in. Like, what are some of the questions that you think of? Well, the, the number one question that all learning starts from is, "What don't I see here? What am I missing?" Right. Mm-hmm. So beyond that, the question that that sort of a follow up to that is, "Where where am I? In what parts of my business am I suffering? Where where is there dysfunction? Where is there recurrent breakdowns?" Where, where are the areas that I constantly get drug into to handle that really aren't my forte, but because I'm the business owner, it falls to me. Where are we constantly having breakdowns? Where's the business suffering? Those are the areas that you need to address. Mm-hmm. Uh, and generally, cash, cash flow is generally a symptom of you're missing a process. You're missing a documented process or a system somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And, you know, totally profitable businesses that suffer cash flow. And sometimes yeah. it's because... You know, who knows, the, the, the sales timing or the, the way things get billed, their collections are bad, their debt structure is all wrong. You know, they so take some analysis. If you've been in the business and it's kind of like always been that way for a few years, you kind of it's kind of like, well, that's just the way it is, you know, and there's some resignation about it. And then generally on the business owners, there's also some resentment. Mm-hmm. You know, it shouldn't have to be this way. There's nothing I can do about it. And it's bad for morale. Bad for morale, bad for productivity. Right. Wow. I think that's fantastic. Carrie, I want to pivot here a bit. We were talking about what you you see from a business when talking with businesses. And I feel like, and a lot of people I talk in a consulting roles or they saw as business owners, um, you're at the top Mm -hmm. of a chain. Who do you look for, for mentorship, inspiration? Is there anybody, person, individual, sub-source, that you look for, for motivation, inspiration, or even uh, maybe just insight? Uh, well, there have been a lot along the way. I mean, I think Tony Robbins uh, has a great perspective on things. Uh, Stephen Covey with the seven habits of highly effective people uh, mm-hmm. was great. I'm trying to remember the gentleman's name, but he wrote the book, E-Myth, and I think he's now E-Myth Revisited, and he's got a whole yeah. series of 
e-myth books for whatever physicians, lawyers, and they want CFOs. Where yep. and he's the that's the first place that I I basically got the hard distinction of you need a systems driven business rather than a people driven business. With yes. Um, yeah, that's Michael yeah, that's, Gerber. That's a, yeah, that's him. Um, so yeah, that's been a bunch. I'm I mean, you know I I could try and name them all, but nobody wants to hear that list. The E Myth is honestly, I've, someone referred that book to me as one of the one of the best books on really understanding true entrepreneurship like and it like the book talks about which i thought was interesting a lot of practitioners start businesses as practitioners essentially create another job <laughs> like right. they own the job hey I'm, I'm an engineer i know how to do engineering engineering really well i'm gonna start my own engineering firm and now i'm engineering i just own it but i'm still in the business versus entrepreneurship which is like you're talking about i'm gonna create i'm gonna create systems processes and structures so the organization can run itself and I'm going to make sure that I oversee it. And having that distinction um, and understanding is so vital. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's, even it goes back to kind of like the question should be asking, do, do am I right now a practitioner in my business or I'm an entrepreneur? Like that could be question one. <laughs> yeah. And, and the, that's the other distinction is most entrepreneurs make horrible managers because the skill sets are so different. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, and and again, most business owners don't like to hear that. <laughs> right. They don't like to hear that they're not very good managers. Right. But but again, if you look at the skill sets of what a really good manager is, and the skill sets of a really good entrepreneur, there's almost nothing in common. Mm. A manager is not a good manager is not going to take the risk that an entrepreneur will. And a man, the entrepreneur doesn't see them as risks. They see them as opportunities. Mm. And a lot of times the entrepreneur is frustrated, quote, with the world because the world doesn't see what he or she sees. They don't see the opportunities. They're, they're impatient with the pace of things. They're impatient that things don't change as fast as they do or develop as fast as they like. But the thing is, if the rest of the world saw things as an entrepreneur, everybody would be an entrepreneur. There'd be no, quote, workers. Right. There'd be no managers. Right. Yeah, there's different tools in the tool bag, everybody, and everybody brings value in their own way. Right. Um, I like that. What would you give as advice for somebody who's starting a business? You know, and, and from your vantage point and the experience that you have, what what's some maybe two top two pieces of advice you'd give to somebody who's starting a business? Well, uh, I don't know. Kind of obvious. You want to build a systems driven business so that you don't become the go to guy when things go wrong. You want a system that'll handle that. Uh, and number two, focus focus as much of your time as you can on building the business and focus the time that you have to on strategic building the business into the future or planning the business, designing the business. Mm-hmm. Most people don't take most people don't most entrepreneurs never find they quote never find the time to strategically plan. And a lot yeah. of that comes out of their own frustration because they don't really know how. You know, they have some ideas about like where they want the business to be, but they they don't they don't do the work. They don't take the time to build a concrete step to get them there. It's kind of like right. good ideas, kind of a wish list, um, but they're generally so you know uh, waist deep in in the day to day of the business. Uh, it's like yeah, we'll do that later, we'll do that later, and later never comes. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that's I think that's I think that's great. Um, I wanted to ask you this. Uh, I, you know, I can see just because I'm 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 
I love to ride. I'm a triathlete. I, I say I'm a triathlete. I like to go to these things and do them. <laughs> I wouldn't know if I consider myself a triathlete, but I, I'm the crazy person who likes to get in the water, swim, and bike and run. I saw you were involved with Bike Mississippi. Is that correct? Yeah, Bike MS. Uh, bike MS. Excuse me, Bike MS. For, yeah, fundraiser for, for MS. It's, a, it's a, a ride every year. I haven't done it in a few years now. Um, I've been having knees replaced, but uh, it's a bike ride from uh, basically southeastern to uh Percy Quinn Park up in Mississippi. It's about wow. 75 miles one way. Uh, and the fun part is on Saturday when you do it, it gets it starts out flat and gets hillier and hillier and hillier. That sounds terrible. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. How did you get involved in that? Just riding with different groups. Um, trying to and connected with, uh, what's Joey's last name? The High Neighbor family. Uh, yeah. I'm on his team, or I was on his team, the yeah. LA Neighbors. Got um, it. Got invited to ride with that, and I've done that a little bit. So, got it. Do you um, do you still enjoy getting out and riding, or is that a, well, a pastime? It, uh, no, I do enjoy getting out. I haven't been able to ride for the last six and a half months. Yeah. with some new replacement surgeries uh, mm. that I've had to go through. Sure. Uh, but yeah, I'm looking forward to get back on the bike this summer. I love it. I love it. I am. Um, I thought I'd ask. I'm an avid. I'm an avid cyclist. I love doing it. Um, I'm terrible at it, but it's still fun. <laughs> um, it is fun. That's awesome. Well, I always like to. Um, I like to ask this. So this is going to be somewhat of a rapid fire round of questions. <laughs> kind of okay. random, but it'll be fun. So uh, first, first thoughts that come to mind, and we'll we'll do this here in. Um, Real quickly. So uh, I like to ask everybody who comes on, what purchase of $100 or less has most positively impacted your life in the last six months? So for those on a budget. I, I know uh, there's uh, a flashlight that is also a windshield breaker, seatbelt cutter. It uh, charges. Uh, you can charge it with a, so it's got a solar panel on it. It's got an alarm, several alarms in it. It's got a compass. Uh, it's got flashing lights. You can it even has red and blue flashing lights on you use in emergency and a magnet if you want to attach it to your hood while you're looking at your engine it breaks up. And I got one for me, my wife, all my kids, son-in-laws, daughter-in-laws. Everybody got one. I love it. There you go. Jack of all trade tool. Yeah. Um, that's great. Um, all right. Next question. What's an unusual habit or absurd thing that you love? I don't know. We probably be had a question for my wife. She probably has a whole list of them. <laughs> yes, of, of you. My wife has like yes. several for me. Um, yeah. I can answer. I, I think it's completely normal, but she she somehow thinks it's absurd. <laughs> yeah. She, I love she, it. She, she would probably say something about uh, some of the noises I make that are like, you know, she says, I sound like a caveman sometimes. I don't know. I, they don't sound caveman to me, but. Right. Yeah. That's what I was saying. It's completely normal in my head. Um, I love it. Um, what is, uh, um, so he, what's your, uh, if you're coming to bat for playing, that you're playing baseball, do you have a, a good, your go-to walking to the plate song? Uh, walking to the plate. Oh, uh, the immigrant song by Led Zeppelin. Oh, excellent choice. I like Bad that song. Yes, indeed. Good choice. Excellent. I approve of that one. Um, 
All right. So uh, I always like to ask, you know, locally here, um, you know, what's the what's your favorite place to get a cup of joe, um, favorite business lunch and favorite dinner spot? Favorite place to get coffee is CC's favorite. Would you say business lunch? Yeah. Or lunch. Uh, business lunch. Um, I like Rocco's on Drusilla. OK. Great shrimp pole boys. No kidding. Um, and what was the other one? And dinner. Um, I don't know. There's, there's so many. I'm trying to think of the little French restaurant on uh, on North. Yeah, North House Ferry. Uh, can't remember the name. It's uh, it's actually run by French people. It's a little oh, house. Yeah, uh, I'm drawing a total blank. Um, I know there was a place, but out out off of Perkins, which is by Bistro, but that's but I don't think that's what you're referring to. Um, no, we'll have to look at it. I'll put it in the show notes. <laughs> is it Maison Lacour? Maison Lacour. Thank you. Got yes, it. Maison Lacour, probably one of my favorite. I love it. I don't know if I've actually had anybody recommend that one. Maison Lacour. Yeah. So, if you like, if you like real French food, that's a place to. It's a you know, I, I I like the whole thing about it. The food, the atmosphere, the waitstaff. Incredible. Um. Awesome. Well, I have a next spot. I don't think I've ever been there. Um. That's great. I love it. Well, Carrie, I appreciate it. Um. This was a lot of fun. Any any closing thoughts before we wrap here? Uh, no, man. Thanks for having me on the show. I, I enjoy these kinds of things. Yeah, for sure thing. Well, I will, um, I'll put that information, but real quick, uh, uh, so for the, for the audience, if somebody wants to get in touch with you, they have questions, um, what's the best way to, uh, to get in touch with you? Probably the best way is through my email. And that's Kerry, C-A-R-Y, at C-F-O consulting dot C-O, not com, just C-O. Got it. Terry, appreciate it. Thank you for the time and uh, and for the great insights shared. I know a lot of people get a lot of value of it. So, so thank you very much. Thank you, Jason. Enjoyed it. Thanks for tuning in and giving us a listen. We appreciate you. Again, give us a like, give us a comment. Let us know what you think. What else would you like to hear? And if you know somebody that you think would be a great fit, please message us and let us know how we can connect. Thanks again. Hope you have a great day.